Today's scripture will be from Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. My son, forget, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Good morning and welcome. We are grateful for your presence today. We want to wish all of our fathers a happy Father's Day. We're grateful for you and the great influence that you have exerted through your lifetime. And we are always thankful to honor our mothers and our fathers. And we're very blessed by those today who serve in this capacity. We're going to be looking today at Proverbs chapter 3. And specifically, we want to look at the first seven verses as we think about a father's advice. And as we look at Proverbs chapter 3, particularly in light of the fact that it is Father's Day, I think from a father's perspective, we want what is best for our children. And I think that's true for mothers as well. Mothers and fathers, whether children realize it or not, have a vested interest in their well-being. We care about our children, and we want to see them grow and excel in this life. And so as we look at Proverbs chapter 3, we have what I believe to be a couple of key points that a father relays to his son. Of course, the writer here, I believe, to be Solomon. Solomon was renowned for his wisdom. And the book of Proverbs is a book that accentuates wisdom. Many of us possess knowledge, but we need wisdom to know how to use the knowledge that has been granted to us. And so as we look at Proverbs chapter 3, the first thing that I want to call your attention to is be wise with the word. Now I want you to think about a father sitting down with his son or as we think about it from a generic standpoint, here's a father sitting down with his children and he's giving them some pointers about how to be successful in life. And the first thing that he says is, I want you to be wise with the word. When we talk about the word, we're really accentuating the book of the Lord, the law of God. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 34, would say, Seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. There are two things that I want to share with you along these lines. First of all, there is the command to be attuned to Scripture. What Solomon is saying to his son and what I believe fathers ought to say to their children today is be receptive to instruction from the Word of God. Look, if you would, at chapter 3 at verse 1. Here's what Solomon said. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Now the word law here is Torah. And I believe that the reference is to the Pentateuch, to the law of Almighty God. 
As a father today, what I would recommend for my child, what I would recommend for every child, is to be ready to be instructed from God's holy word. In other words, be willing to listen to what God has said through his word. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul said all scripture is inspired of God. And then he said, and is profitable. The word of God can profit both young and old alike. But we have to be willing to be receptive to the instruction that comes to us from this divine book. God's word can never help people if they have a closed mind and a closed book. But if we have an open mind and an open Bible, we can learn the great truths of Almighty God. And so Solomon here is saying, the first thing you need to do is be receptive to the instruction that comes through the word of God. And then secondly, be ready to internalize the word of God. <clears throat> now, if you would, drop down and look at verse three. Solomon said, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your heart or around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Solomon here is saying to his child, and I think as a father we would say to our children, let the word of God find a home in your heart. Let it have free course in your life. Write the words of Almighty God deeply upon your heart. Allow them to make an impression upon you. Sometimes we have God's word in our head but not in our heart. And by that I mean we understand, we know a lot of scripture. The problem is it's never found a home in our heart. As a result of that, we fail to live as we ought to live. Now in Colossians chapter three, verse 16, Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The idea is let God's word have a home in your heart. And that's what Solomon is saying here. Do not forget the law of God, allow it to impress, to mold, to make you what you ought to be in this life. So first of all, there's the command to be attuned to scripture. And then secondly, the consequence of being attuned to scripture. What are the byproducts that young people can derive from honoring the word of God? In other words, from being in tune with the will of God. Are there some positives? If young people would take God's word and be receptive to the instruction that comes from this book, if they would internalize the contents of this book, what then can they expect? Well, Solomon tells us. And so first of all, he says, you can expect a long life. Now, bear in mind, this is a proverb. These are maxims. And so you have to understand that there are always exceptions. But what Solomon is saying here is, if you as a young person will take the word of God and live it out in your life, you can expect under normal circumstances, a long and healthy life. And so, here's what he said. Look again at verse one. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life 
they will add to you. Do you remember what Paul said in the long ago? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you. And so the idea is, by honoring the will of God, there are a lot of young people today that failed that have failed to heed the, the advice of their parents. And in so doing, they have suffered catastrophic injuries. Some have even died. I think about the illustration of parents often warning their children, stay away from drugs, stay away from alcohol. Children fail to listen. What happens? They overdose. Sometimes they get in an automobile, they have an accident, and they are killed. And so one of the consequences of being attuned to scripture, a prolonged life. And then secondly, a peaceful life. Look again at verse, well, look again at verse one to keep it in context. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Here's what the psalmist said in Psalm 119 in about verse 165. He said, great peace have those who love your law. Have you ever thought about people who live in sin oftentimes are burdened with guilt? Their lives are literally eaten up with guilt. And I think what the psalmist is saying and I think what Solomon is saying here in this, in this setting is that if you will honor the word of God, if you'll live out God's word day in and day out, you know what, you can go to bed every night knowing that you're in harmony with the will of God. You're not gonna be beating yourself up over mistakes made because you've been out sowing your wild oats. But you can go to bed at night and you can sleep peacefully. You can get up in the morning and you can feel good about your relationship with God. You can feel good about your relationship with your family members. You have peace. There are a lot of people in our world today, I promise you, they do not have peace. There are a lot of young folks today that do not have peace in this life. One of the reasons is because they have ignored the word of God. Where did they learn that? Many times they learn it at home from their mamas and daddies. There's a third thing I want you to see here. And that is another consequence of being attuned to the word of God is a praiseworthy life. Drop down and look if you would at verse four. In verse 4, Solomon said, And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Do you remember what was said of Jesus in Luke 2.52? That he increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. There's something to be said about living a Christian life. About living a life of purity and holiness. First and foremost, we're honoring God. And God is pleased with us. And then I think about the relations that we enjoy with other people. When we talk about a praiseworthy life, there are two dimensions. First is vertical. That is our relationship to God. And then secondly, horizontally. That has to do with our relationship with our fellow man, whether it be friends or family members, co-workers, classmates, whatever the case may be. So Solomon is saying, be wise with the word. But then there is a second thing I want you to see. Solomon tells his son, be wise in your ways. 
Now, when we talk about this point, what we are stressing or emphasizing is our behavior in the Lord. So what are we supposed, what are we supposed to do? We have this knowledge. We have a father sitting down with his child and he's saying, okay, here's what you need to do. Number one, you need to be wise with the word, the book of the Lord. But now I want you to take what the word says and live it out every day in your life. So note if you would, Solomon's instructions as they relate to behaving in the Lord. Number one, Solomon said you need to learn to rely on the Lord. Verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. We talk about trusting Almighty God or faith in Almighty God. And here's what I want you to see as a, as a parent. Those of us who are parents in many respects, we are, well, we've been through some of the battles of life. And we know that life is not always easy. We understand that life is not always mountaintop experiences. There are highs and lows. There are peaks and valleys. There are joys and frustrations. And so Solomon is saying, resist the temptation to trust in self. What you need to do is trust in the Lord. You need to put your faith in him. You need to live for Almighty God. You need to allow him to direct your paths every day. Jeremiah would say in the long ago, it is not in man that walketh to direct his own steps. We do not have the ability to safely chart our course here on earth. But with the help of Almighty God and his word, we can successfully find our way to heaven. Two things I want you to see as we think about rel relying on the Lord. I think that our young people need to understand, I think that every young person needs to understand that you need to trust him. You need to trust God in the good times of life. Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. It's easy to trust God when things are going well. As a matter of fact, it's probably a lot easier to trust God when it seems like everything's going your way. And, and I would encourage young people, I would encourage people of every age to never forget the Lord, to trust him day in and day out. But I want you to see in the second place, you need to learn to trust him in bad times because this is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. I said a minute ago, it's easy to trust God in good times, but what about in bad times? When catastrophes occur, when obstacles come our way, when difficulties arise, when problems seem insurmountable. What are we gonna do? To whom shall we turn? How are we gonna deal with these things? You ever heard somebody ask the question, why? Have you ever, have you ever heard somebody ask the question, why me? Let me give you an example, Job. In Job chapters one and two, 
Job suffered immense losses. He lost 10 children, seven sons and three daughters. He lost many of his possessions, his flocks and herds and servants. So that would say he lost his wealth. And then the Bible tells us in chapter two, he lost his own health. Furthermore, the Bible says his own wife said, curse God and die. Now in chapter 14, verse one, Job would say, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Job knew something about trouble. But in chapter 13, verse 15, here's what he said. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So you have to trust God in the good times of life, but also you have to learn to trust him in the bad times of life. Who's gonna see us through to the other side? Maybe friends, maybe family members, maybe coworkers, classmates. Maybe they will stand by us. But ultimately, the one we need by us is Almighty God. The Hebrew writer said, on behalf of God, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What shall man do unto me? There's a second thing that Solomon says to his son as it relates to his behavior in the Lord. And that is, he needs to reverence the Lord. Look at chapter three, verse seven. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Here's what our young people need to understand. Here's what every person needs to understand. When it's all said and done, when life comes to a crashing halt, we are all accountable to a holy and righteous God we will one day stand before the judge of all the earth. And Abraham said that the judge of all the earth will do what's right. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about the various things that we can look to for happiness and satisfaction in life. And Solomon says, when it's all said and done, the things of life, whether it be money, whether it be power, whether it be prestige, whether it be wisdom, whatever it is, it's not gonna bring lasting happiness. And so in chapter 13, he said, hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man. And then he said, God shall bring every work into judgment including every secret thing, whether good or evil. And so we have to understand that we need to reverence the Lord. We need to, we need to stand in awe of Almighty God. The book that we call the Bible, it is a holy book because it comes from God. When we think about God in heaven, I think about the words of Isaiah. When the seraphim who were before the throne, cried out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We are accountable to this holy God. And then there is a third thing I want you to see in our study. Solomon would instruct his son to reject anything that is out of harmony with the Lord. Listen to what he says again in verse seven. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, now note, and depart 
from evil. Paul said, abstain from the very form or appearance of evil. There are two, there are two basic things that I would want you to see with regard to this point. Number one, as a, as a parent, as a father, I would recommend to my child, I would recommend to our young people today, avoid foolish people. Nothing good ever comes from running with a bad crowd. In Proverbs chapter one, verse 10, Solomon said, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Solomon would say that the righteous should choose his friends carefully. Why is that? Because the wicked will lead them astray. Solomon said that those who walk with wise people will be wise. But he said a companion of fools will be destroyed. I do not want my son, I do not want any of our young people running around with individuals who are out drinking and taking drugs and carousing and living like the devil. Why is that? Well, number one, because it's against the will of God and number two, because bad things happen when you do that kind of stuff. Here's what Paul said, be not deceived, evil companionship corrupts good morals. You can't live for God and run with the devil's people. It never works. So what you have to do is find people who are compatible. That is, find people of like faith. Find people that have your value system, who want to do what's right, who want to be pleasing to God, who want to live the kind of life that is approved by Almighty God. So first of all, avoid foolish people. And then secondly, avoid foolish practices. Now I want to be very specific here. There is a great, there, there is a great deal of practical information in the book of Proverbs. And if you go through the book of Proverbs and as you think about a father giving advice to his child, you can see the wisdom in this book. And the beauty of the book of Proverbs is it is timeless. The word of God transcends culture. It is relevant to every generation. If the world were to stand another million years, God's word would still be relevant. That's the beauty of this book. But let me just share with you some things that young people, by and large, need to avoid. I said they need to avoid foolish practices. Number one, avoid immorality. I know that in our day and time, Hollywood glamorizes immoral behavior. Hollywood says, if it feels good, if you want to do it, have at it. Hollywood says, if you want to live with somebody out of the context of marriage, hey, that's okay. Hollywood says, if you want to live a homosexual lifestyle, again, that's okay. But the Bible says, Fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. We live in an era today when there are, there are a lot of young people that sadly and tragically 
have made some terrible mistakes. Some have, some have begotten children out of wedlock. Can they find forgiveness? Absolutely. But they have a responsibility to that child. In many cases in our society today, we have put the cart before the horse. There are a lot of people today, they are having children, they are bearing children, and then they might get married. Paul said that the younger women are to marry and then bear children. That's the biblical way. Stay away from immorality. I know that there's a lot of pressure put on young people today. But you know, the Bible places a premium on purity and chastity. There are a lot of people that, well, they just don't honor what God says in his word about morality. And so they live an immoral lifestyle. I would encourage our young people Save yourself for marriage. That's the God-given way as found in Scripture. Secondly, a perverse mouth. Solomon would say in chapter 8, verse 13, one of the things that God hates, one of the things God detests is a perverse mouth. As Christians, we should never use profanity if we use profanity we ought to quit there is a large vocabulary of words that we can use that do not include profane words I know that when you turn on the television set when you listen to the radio when you read articles in magazines and when you read books it seems as if individuals well, they use a lot of bad language. I wonder why that is. Paul said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That's what the Bible says. I want you to listen very careful, carefully for just a minute. If you didn't know better, you would think God had a last name, wouldn't you? There are a lot of people that will include with the name of God, D-A-M-N. That's taking the, the name of the Lord in vain. And did you know that when you do that, Almighty God takes note of that? Did you know that Jesus said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned? Did you know that James said, that every word and every deed will be judged in accordance with the law of liberty? Sometimes young people think it's cool to curse, to use profanity. Well, God doesn't think it's cool. The Bible in no way condones profanity. And so as a father, and I think Solomon here when you look at the book of Proverbs, Solomon would say to his child, do not use perverse language. 
A third thing, pride. Solomon said, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride can be a bad thing. One of the reasons why I believe pride is a negative characteristic is it creates, it creates a spirit where it's hard to acknowledge our wrongdoing, our mistakes. There are no perfect people. Whether you believe it or not, you are not a perfect person. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need the Lord Jesus Christ. We wouldn't need his saving grace. We wouldn't need the church, but we're not perfect people. And so pride is destructive, and yet humility is a virtue spoken of by the Lord over and over again. And so learning to have a humble disposition. It may be the, it may be the case that God has blessed you in many realms in this life. It might be academically, athletically, socially, you are above normal. Well, that's great, but don't brag about it. If anyone wants to brag, let somebody else do it but don't be proud and arrogant. And then fourthly, greed. Solomon said that those who are greedy trouble their own house. Jesus said, take heed and beware. A man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Life is not about things. Sometimes we think life is all about things. Paul said, you came into this world with nothing and you will leave with nothing. So what you need to do is buy in to that which is eternal, that which is never going to wear out, never going to grow old. Jesus would say, lay not, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, but rather lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then fifthly, and I want you to listen very carefully because I know that this is a problem among young people everywhere. When you read the scriptures over and over again and you think about the words of Solomon, Solomon would counsel his children stay away from drugs and or alcohol. There is nothing good that ever comes from drinking alcoholic beverages. In Proverbs chapter 20 verse one, Solomon said, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. In other words, they are foolish. In Proverbs chapter 23, Solomon poses a series of questions. Who has woe? Who has sorrows? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long at wine and those who go in search of mixed wine. Do you know what Solomon is saying? Do you want a series of woes in your life? Then drink alcohol. Do you want to have any number of contentions ongoing in your life? Then drink alcohol. Do you want to have wounds without cause? Do you want to have any number of, of problems physically and mentally? Then just drink alcohol. It may be the case that some of your friends drink alcoholic beverages. I would encourage you, if they don't want to leave the bottle alone, then you leave them alone. Do not date anybody that wants to drink. 
And do not befriend anybody that wants to drink. Now, if you want to talk to them about what the Word of God says and you want to encourage them to stay away from the bottle, that's one thing. But you don't have to fraternize them, fraternize with them to the extent that you're out running around in an automobile with them. And let me tell you what, if you're dating somebody that's drinking alcoholic beverages on a regular basis, I would encourage you to stop that relationship in its tracks. Shut it down. Why is that? If they're drinking now, don't you think it stands to reason that when they get married, they're going to continue to drink? All you're doing is, is bringing heartache and mayhem into your life. I promise you, it is nothing but trouble. Stay away from alcohol and drugs. They will ruin, they will wreck, they will destroy your life, they will destroy the lives of your loved ones. I can't emphasize enough the wisdom of saying no to alcohol and drugs. I know alcohol is a drug, but nonetheless, stay away from it. That's what God says. Well, in closing, these are just a couple of things that we could talk about with regard to the kind of advice a father would give his children. And I would hope that all of us as parents would encourage our children to be wise with the word and to be wise in your ways. One day we're going to stand before an almighty God and give an account of the deeds done in the body according to what we've done, whether good or bad. The standard will be the word of God. And so if you're here today and your life is not in harmony with the will of God, whether young or old, black or white, rich or poor, the answer is Christ. Come to the Lord. Here's what you need to do. You need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24. You must be willing to repent, to turn away from a life of sin, Acts 2, 38. Confess the name of Christ before others, Acts 8, 37. And then be baptized into Christ so that every sin can be washed away, Acts 22, 16. If you'll do that, God will add you to the church. And if you are faithful until death, the promise is the crown of life. If you're here today, maybe you're not faithful to the cause of Christ, could we encourage you to come home? Did you know that God will abundantly pardon? John said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Would you come as we stand and sing?